Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome or welcome back to the Thoughts That Manifest podcast. I'm Elle, and I am a mindset and manifestation coach who aims to inspire you to awaken your mind to the limitless potential that is within you. I hope you are doing well. I am so excited to be back today with another episode. Happy August. I cannot believe we have reached the Sunday of summer. This year is flying by, but I cannot lie, fall is my absolute favorite season, so I am pretty excited for it. So for today's episode, I'm going to be talking about patience, my journey with learning patience through infertility, healing inner child wounds, my hopes on parenting and, you know, what I aspire to be as a parent and the journey of becoming a mother, basically breaking down what everything has taught me so far and how it ties into my Saturn return. But before I talk about all of that, I kind of wanted to give an energy update because let me tell you, the collective energy right now is so intense. If you follow along with astrology and transits, then you may have noticed that there's this big focus on the Uranus-Mars North Node conjunction that was a direct conjunction yesterday, August 1st, I believe. This is a transit that has not taken place in our lifetime and it is an intense energy. It's so intense because Uranus is the planet of breakthroughs, rebellion, changes, and shocks. And then the North Node ties into our soul's mission, and Mars is the planet of action, passion, drive, as well as a little bit of anger. So for many of us, we are most likely experiencing an unexpected change in our life that is pushing us to take action towards our life's mission. It would not be surprising to me if many of you listening are going through some sort of change or breakthrough moment in your own life. You may be feeling inspired to take action towards something new. It would really depend on where this conjunction is taking place in your natal chart. For example, this is happening in my husband's sixth house of health, routines, being of service to others, day-to-day life and workplace. And yesterday, we actually went to Boston IVF for him to get tested, which is health-related. And here's hoping, you know, that this testing will bring us breakthrough moments in this trying-to-conceive journey. It could also cause changes to his overall health routines, just trying to take better care of his health. He's also been experiencing unexpected changes to his health, like last week he had to get two teeth pulled. Sorry if you can hear my dog in the background. He's definitely going to be making some noise and walking around, but we love him, so we're here for it. But yeah, basically, he's just been really restless at work. And then for me, this is happening in my eighth house of intimacy, rebirth, and investments or other people's money. I have been having an increase in client work, which also has me dealing with other people's money because they are investing in my services. I've also been going through a rebirth for a little while now in my sense of self and trying to connect, especially with my husband, on a more intimate level because this trying to conceive journey has definitely been difficult on our intimate life. It would really depend where this conjunction is happening for you. So for example, the first house, if it's happening in your first house, this is all about the self. So if you experience this in your first house, you probably will have unexpected changes or breakthrough moments when it comes to your sense of self. You may even feel called to change something about your physical appearance. 
If it happens in your second house of finances, then you may have unexpected changes or breakthrough moments when it comes to your finances or possessions. You may buy something new, you may gain more financial opportunities, or you could have a moment where you lose something lose out on some kind of money. It really depends on your full chart. You may come up with a new innovative way of making more money. Then if it's happening in your third house, this is all about breakthrough moments and changes in the way that you communicate with others and your day-to-day travel. You may also have some unexpected changes or breakthrough moments with siblings or family members like cousins, aunts, uncles. Then we can talk about the fourth house, which is home and family. That's when, you know, you deal with changes in your home and family, breakthrough moments, possible relocation. You may feel more irritable or emotional. Something may happen that triggers you emotionally. If it happens in your fifth house, this would be all about children, your inner child, self-expression, even romantic partnerships. You may have experiences that are unexpected changes or breakthrough moments within your romantic partnerships. Maybe you are dating again, you may find out you're pregnant, or you have breakthrough moments when it comes to your child. You may tap into your inner child more and You may want to, you know, let go and have more fun in life. You're learning how to express yourself creatively. If this happens in your seventh house, this would be changes and breakthrough moments within your relationships, figuring out what relationships are worth your energy and which ones aren't. You may have a relationship change. You may find that you no longer align with certain people. Then the ninth house, this could bring change to your belief system, especially what you have faith in, your spirituality. You could have travel or changes in travel, planning a long distance trip. You may go back to school or start studying something that you're passionate about that brings you in alignment with your soul mission. If you have it in the 10th house, this is all about your career, your public life, your recognition. You have major changes in your career, possible career recognition. You may lose a job unexpectedly, so now you're trying to figure out what you really want out of your career. You may also possibly start a new job. Then you have the 11th house. This is all about friendships and networking. You may find that you have unexpected changes within your friendships or people that you are networking with. Perhaps you have an online business that all of a sudden takes off and you have a breakthrough moment. Maybe you come across a community of people. Perhaps something happens that's tied to your hopes and dreams. And then lastly, we have the 12th house, which is all about the unseen. You may have these inner knowings, an increase in your psychic gifts. Something that was hidden may come to light. You may be getting help when it comes to your mental health. These are just some ways that this energy could play out. But ultimately, these changes and these shifts are trying to get us to align with our soul's mission, with our authenticity, even when some of the changes feel scary, exhausting, and even difficult in the moment, they all have a higher purpose and it's redirecting us to something bigger and better. Now, we also just had the new moon in Leo, which is all about tapping into our inner strength and confidence setting intentions confidently that are in alignment with our authenticity and allowing ourselves to express ourselves creatively. Doing things that bring you joy, pleasure, and make you feel creative. It's that inner childlike energy. Figuring out how you can bring more joy and pleasure into your life and really asking yourself if you are aligned with the career, people, hobbies that bring you joy. 
Are there people or things that you hold on to that are sucking the joy out of you that you need to let go of? And also focusing on filling up your own cup and finding happiness and joy within. Okay, and then August 11th, we have the full moon in Aquarius. This would be a good time to let go of anything that is truly holding you back from embracing your authenticity and uniqueness. With the full moon in Aquarius, as well as this Uranus-Mars-North node conjunction, we are really being called to break free from anything that makes us feel like we are embracing our authenticity. If you are holding on to things that you know don't bring you joy, ask yourself why. What limiting beliefs are you needing to break free from so you can align with a life of authenticity that is bringing you joy? That is making you happy. That's what this is all about. We are breaking free from rigid societal conditioning and conditioning from childhood. This can be a huge turning point for the collective, a soul awakening. Allowing yourself to shift your perspective and see life from a different lens, one that isn't blurred by the rigid conditioning. I do feel like this conjunction is bringing about another mass awakening collectively, and as more people begin to have a spiritual awakening, you will see more fear being pushed out through the news and social media and the government. So I challenge you to build up that faith over fear mindset. Be mindful of what you consume in August, especially when it comes to information. In August, it's time to truly embrace your individuality. Be the person that you've always wanted to be. Take action towards those dreams that are in your heart. All right, so that's the little energy update that I wanted to give. So now let's jump into today's episode. So let's talk about Saturn returns because I'm currently going through my Saturn return. And that's when transit Saturn returns back to the point in your needle chart that it was in when you were born, which creates a Saturn conjunct Saturn aspect, okay? So Saturn is the planet that brings delays, restrictions, and challenges in order to help you learn important lessons for soul growth. But what's important to know is that Saturn will always reward you after the major lessons are taught. And we all go through our Saturn return usually around the age of 28 and 30 and our second Saturn return around 56 and 58. I'm currently going through mine. So for me, Saturn is in my fifth house in my natal chart, which creates lessons in regards to connecting with my inner child, children, creative self-expression, as well as romantic connections. Those with Saturn in the fifth house tend to have a wounded inner child. Often Saturn here can also mean that you had to grow up fast or struggled to feel safe to express yourself and have fun. There could have been a lot of responsibility pushed onto you at a young age. Sometimes those with this placement get pregnant at a really young age, which pushes them to grow up fast. And if that's not the case, then on the flip side, others with this placement actually experience delays when it comes to conceiving until after their Saturn return, which is something that I'm currently experiencing. And that's how I'm seeing this placement play out in my own life. Other times, people don't want children at all with this placement. So as transit Saturn is coming back around and returning to the same spot it was when I was born, it creates this transit Saturn conjunct natal Saturn aspect in my fifth house, which brings a lot of lessons and opportunity for soul growth in regards to fifth house situations, which I just mentioned. So for me, it's really been pushing me to heal my inner child. When transit Saturn entered my fifth house, that's when I really started working on healing my inner child and came to a place in my life 
life where I was able to truly allow myself to just let go of the resentment that I held on to when it came to the relationship with my dad and even with my mom. I think back to my relationship with my dad and I always really struggled to just let go and have fun as a kid because I was always getting yelled at for it. You know, my dad had suffered an injury, which if you listen to my podcast, you've heard this story probably like many times before, but it basically goes along with what I'm going to be getting at. So yeah, he suffered an injury to his shoulder, which then caused nerve damage. He was prescribed painkillers and his body got addicted to the painkillers. He became extremely moody and very on edge at all times. His anger was explosive at times to the point where I was making sure I was doing all that I could to not upset him. I would stay away from, you know, going home as much as possible, especially when my mom wasn't home. Growing up, I was actually extremely clumsy, fun fact. I was getting hurt and whenever I came home hurt, I was yelled at for it. I was afraid to tell my dad when I was hurt. It was all of these reactions from my dad that made me feel like I had to make sure to tiptoe around him because his moods were just so unpredictable. He had gone through a period in his life where he lost his job, was in a lot of pain, and got cut off from his painkillers without weaning him off. And his body was dependent on those painkillers, so you can't just cut him off cold turkey, right? Because that creates withdrawals, and it basically put him into this downward spiral into depression and getting drugs in ways that weren't right, you know, getting drugs that weren't prescribed to him from friends and all of that. It was just a lot as a child to watch him go through this. Most days he wouldn't leave the couch. He ate there. He slept there. He spent the whole day watching TV. And then when he wasn't, you know, sleeping, eating, or watching TV, he would clean the house and then go back to where he started the day off. For a child, it was very difficult energy for me to be around. I remember the day that I was told my parents were getting a divorce. The night before, I had asked my dad if I could stay over my friend's house, and she was actually my next door neighbor at the time. Now, he told me no, and like any child would do, I went to my mom, and I told her, you know, dad said no, and I really want to, and she was all for it. She said, you know, that's fine. I'll talk to dad about it. So I left and the next morning when I came home, I could tell that something was off. My mom's mood was different. I knew she wasn't happy. And at first she sat me down and she told me, you know, dad went to church. But I didn't believe her because my dad back then, he really struggled to wake up and go to church. He would always complain about it. So I could not picture him going, especially alone. Later that day, when my dad still hadn't come home, that's when my mom sat my brother and I down and she told us that they were getting a divorce and that my dad had left. Now, my dad actually left and went on a road trip traveling across country, actually. So that's where the abandonment wounds really started. But truthfully, when I heard this news, this was the most mixed emotion experience that I actually had as a child. At first, I thought, you know, it was my fault that they got into a fight because I went to my friend's house after my dad said no. And then on one hand, I was sad because everyone always spoke about how bad it was to get divorced and I never thought that my family would go through it. No one ever liked speaking about divorce. And deep down, I knew that my dad wouldn't be living with us anymore. But on the other hand, I felt relieved. I felt like maybe I can finally feel free to feel safe in my home without needing to carry the weight of my dad's emotions on my shoulders. No one taught me as a child that 
Other people's emotions aren't my responsibility. I was conditioned to believe that I had to do all that I could to make sure that my dad didn't react out of anger towards me. I took on his emotions as my own, which is where those inner child wounds stem from, which then lead me to do this in adulthood, taking on everyone's emotions as my own, being a people pleaser, making sure that I'm doing all I can to make sure everybody else was happy, even if that meant that I wasn't. So when my parents got divorced, it was an emotionally confusing time for me because I felt guilty for feeling so relieved. Like, why should I be feeling so relieved that my dad wouldn't be living with us anymore? And at the same time, I was upset too, because I did love my dad, regardless of our struggles and seeing him battle with depression, anger, and addiction. That was really hard. And regardless of that, I still loved him. And there's so much more to this story when it comes to my relationship with my dad. But what I've realized at this point in my life is just how much our childhood experiences impact our lives well beyond childhood. We are conditioned to feel and behave certain ways and we create this version of ourselves that is meant to be on constant survival mode. It creates this mask and it hides who we truly want to be. It masks our authenticity. Many of us do have childhood wounds. Some wounds can appear more intense than others, but you are still valid for the pain that you feel from whatever you went through. Even if it's getting made fun of in school or feeling like you had no emotional support from your parents, feeling like your parents were never around because they were always working or prioritizing everything else. Maybe the wound is hiding what you love because people used to laugh at you for it. When I look back, there are so many things I wish I would have just stuck to, but I didn't because I let the opinions of others get in the way. I remember I used to love to sing. I took chorus in middle school, but everyone used to make fun of those who were in band and chorus, so I quit. I was stressing too much about having people like me. I became the ultimate people pleaser and a lot of it stemmed from feeling unworthy of love and attention due to what was happening at home. We all have these scars, these situations in our life that pushed us to create this mask and hide who we truly want to be and how we truly want to express ourselves. I feel like this was a big lesson I was meant to understand and realize before having children of my own because I do have hopes to be the cycle breaker, especially when it comes to my family. Because when it comes to my family, you know, I don't have much connection to my family. My dad's family does not talk to me. I have not talked to them in years since childhood. I only talk to my mom's sister and, you know, my mom's sister's husband, who is my uncle, and her daughter, who is my cousin, and she has kids of her own who are older now. And it's funny because my views on parenting are a lot different than theirs. I am a huge believer in gentle parenting, and this often makes people roll their eyes. I think it's because so many people confuse gentle parenting with permissive parenting. Now, as a disclaimer, you all know if you listen to my podcast, I am not a parent yet. I'm not. Although I wish more than anything that I was, it just has not been able to happen for me yet. I've been trying for almost 17 months now. I'm struggling with infertility and I'm still waiting on answers from the doctors. So my views are from a perspective of not being a parent yet. And they're more so coming from a place of my own childhood wounds and what I wish I had as a child. 
And I know that may frustrate parents who are listening. You may take listen to my advice or listening to my perspectives from a, a place of, okay, she has no idea what she's talking about. She's not a parent. I get it. I get that 100%. I'm not an expert in this at all. And I have not been through those difficult situations with children of my own yet. Okay. And I know things could change when I am a parent, but Living in a home with a parent who instilled fear into me has made me realize that I don't ever want my child to feel afraid of me. And I no longer hold resentment towards my parents because as parents, we all do what we can with what we know. We can't react from a place of gentle parenting if we have never been taught how to be a gentle parent if we've never learned those ways. Most of the time, we're just, you know, raising our child the way that we've been taught to raise our child. And I know that I will make my own mistakes because we are human and no one is perfect. But I think what children can appreciate that many generations before have struggled with is apologizing. We've been taught that as the parent, we know what's best and it's my way and that's it. You are the child and you will respect me. But parents mess up. Parents aren't perfect. And I think many struggle to admit when they mess up or when they make their child feel unloved, unworthy, or misunderstood. So in my opinion, apologizing to a child can go a long way. Creating that safe space for my child is my ultimate goal. If my kids are in danger, I don't want them to be afraid to come to me for help. But if they do wrong, will I try to guide them to better choices? Absolutely. But my hope is to do so in a way that is guiding them to those choices and not fearing them into making those choices. My approach would be to allow my children to feel their emotions and to feel safe to express their emotions and to be themselves. Because I think that's where this generational societal wound really comes into play. Where people were taught for many, many years that they should feel shameful for feeling and expressing their emotions. Which then creates bigger problems well into adulthood. People struggle to communicate with their partner because they were never taught how to communicate their emotions as a child. I've realized how much childhood can affect us well into adulthood. So when people ask me, what kind of parent do you want to be? How are you going to discipline your children? That's my answer. To be there for them emotionally, to help them process their emotions. Because to be honest, so many expect children to know how to process and regulate their emotions on their own, when in reality, most adults can't even do that. When people ask me how I feel about spanking, my answer is absolutely not. It's not for me. I would never hit my husband or someone else when they do something I don't like. So why is it acceptable to do so to a child who is still learning? Again, it really goes back to that fear-based parenting style, which just is not for me. How would I handle my child doing something wrong? Well, I also wouldn't tell them to go to their room and think about what they've done. Because the truth is... How are kids going to understand what they did wrong if you don't guide them and communicate that with them? So I will sit my child down and explain why it's not okay to react the way that they did, but that it is okay that they felt frustrated in that moment, but that there are healthier ways to handle those emotions. Again, I'm not a parent yet. I don't know what it's like to go through these situations with your child, and I'm sure I will have plenty of moments where it's difficult. And I need to tap into my patience, which I think is what my Saturn return is teaching me about. How to have patience. 
through my trying to conceive journey, I've learned a lot about patience because some days it just feels so unfair. Why haven't I been able to conceive yet? I feel so worthy of being a mom. I know in my gut that I am meant to be a mom. It's so easy for me though to feel like the universe is conspiring against me and that I'm not ready to be a mom. And maybe that's why it hasn't happened yet. But that's not the case at all. Through this journey of waiting and patience, I've learned that there's always a divine plan in the background. Everything is happening in divine timing and it will all be worth the wait. And when I finally have my baby in my arms, I'll look back and realize why it didn't happen when my ego wanted it to happen. You know, going through my Saturn return has been so freaking hard. And for those of you who are listening who have been through a Saturn return as well, I'm sure you can relate. But I've gotten more connected to my emotions than ever before. I've dug up and ripped out past wounds. I've allowed myself to finally let go and start healing. I've lost friends. I've become distant to some and experienced some emotional situations in my relationships that reflected back my rejection wounds. I've been through the most emotional roller coaster with my husband because trying to conceive and having no luck does take a toll on your intimate life as a couple. But in the same breath, I've learned a lot about patience, compassion, and forgiveness. I've learned how to open up and express myself without fear. I've learned how every relationship in our life is divinely guided to us, even the relationships that cut us deep. We learn so much about ourselves through the relationships that we have with others. People reflect back to us our inner wounds, and without that reflection, we may have never truly saw that pain that still needs healing. We may have never allowed ourselves to heal and embrace our most authentic versions of self. I've grown a deeper connection with my sense of self. I've become so aware of my inner world, and I've been trying my absolute best to take control of my life while also surrendering to the universe. There's so much that I'm still learning through it all. But I saw this quote the other day and it really stood out to me. It said, Our greatest years are not the years where everything falls into place. Our greatest years are the years where we put in the work towards our manifestations and then have patience. And that could not be more than true. Because the truth is, without the hard work and patience, you would have never had those years where everything falls into place. Things fall into place because you allowed it to through your patience, consistency, and faith. Trusting that the work that you are putting in now to plant the seeds and tend to your own garden will pay off when the timing is right. And that's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned through all of this. Yeah, it's hard, it's challenging, and it does test me, but I'm grateful for the challenge because it allows me to grow. Having a growth mindset is the real game changer through it all. So if you're experiencing delays, setbacks, challenges in your own life, I want you to ask yourself, what is this trying to teach me? What can I learn from this? Is this reflecting back to me a wound that needs healing? And truly ask yourself today, where can I add more joy into my life? Where can I start showing up in my life as a more authentic version of self? What parts of me am I still hiding due to fear? August is the month to align with your authenticity. 
take advantage of that. Start taking action towards what lights your soul on fire. Take off the mask and let your light shine because society does a really good job at dimming our light, but I think it's time that we change that narrative. So I hope you found that this episode was helpful in one way or another. If it did, please screenshot, share, tag me on social media. I'm at LDuclos, E-L-L-D-U-C-L-O-S. I always love hearing from you guys. It literally lights up my day. It makes me feel so warm and fuzzy inside. So I thank you all for the support and love as always. I am sending you all of my love. Until next time. (laughs) 